on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Radio Newark. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Apparently, Tony and Michael's chat the other week went down very well, so the hierarchy of this radio station have decided that we should do it again, and again, and again. So, it's the Golden Oldies show tonight, or if you saw our photos on social media today, we look very young. I thought we looked no older than 30. Um... (laughs) It's the when it's Wednesday, and we're actually having a Wednesday whinge on a Wednesday, which is a novelty. Um, we're going to talk about the day's big national stories, and no doubt bicker about every single one of them. But to uh, bring a bit of decorum back to the proceedings, we're all, yes, you've got a newspaper. Um, we're going to talk to Not Fast Dave, and we're going to talk to Ah uh, Megan, who's going to tell us how Bailey smashed it in Houston, <laughs> Texas. Um, what other show could this be apart from the renowned Radio New York Sport? And as ever, no change, we start with the headlines. The New York Striders Zara Carter and Matt Silk took on the mud and the ice of the Rawsby Ripper on Saturday. Matt finished 23rd and Zara completed the 8.5 mile, which apparently was a friendly and scenic event, even though there was snow and frost on the ground. Linton Taylor came home 27th in the British University's Cross Country Championships in Exeter. I think that's a tremendous performance from Linton. New York Lawn Tennis Club's men's seconds match at um, Bingham joined the long list of sporting casualties, but the ladies are a much hardier bunch, and uh, they played against those very rich people from the David Lloyd West Bridgeford Centre, and that game, of course, went ahead at Newark, not the luxury at West Bridgeford, at Newark. The partnership of Jane Henley and Sue Bilton won 24-12, Jackie and Chris Reed managed 18 apiece, while Steph Smith and Gene Bacon lost 25-11, leaving the home side just two points short of a magnificent victory. The New York Castle Archers attended an indoor county championships at the Joseph Whitaker School in Renneth, hosted by no less than the Sherwood Archers. The competition was at Portsmouth, which I now know is 60 arrows at 20 yards. Steve Pepper, Ian Pepper, Brian Hopkinson, Greg Collier, James Blackshaw and Martin Ose all represented the club, with Steve and James both getting bronze medals. And the breaking news from last night, to prove this is a 24-hour show, Collingham Cricket Club have announced that Mohammed will be rejoining them for the 2019 season. If you remember, he had a remarkable season at Dalefield last time round, 2018. Top scorer in the Premier League, topping the batting averages with 90-plus. Bowler, left arm, bowler, right arm. And he, he was an absolute joy to watch on a summer's afternoon at the wonderful Collingham Cricket Club. And he's back after contract negotiations that Manchester United would have been proud of. David Pipes has secured his services for another season. Before we get into what we're talking about tonight, yeah. I, I just want to mention, go back into those headlines... And the Newark Castle Archers. Because it's one, doesn't seem five minutes ago, 
before that when that club was started and now we've got two of them getting county bronze medals <laughs> i mean it's a <laughs> hell of a progress isn't it i can remember us two talking about how sport is faring in newark in general and it was a fairly depressing 20 minutes or so but now it just seems that all sporting roads point to newark don't they they do we, is, we, uh, we can it, do no wrong it's, it's it's like sport has got the midas touch in the town it is fantastic right this is a worry well, because for the first time in four years of Radio Newark Sport, we're going to invite you to join in, not you, the general public out there. I, I realise that you'll all be sitting at home mesmerised listening to us. If, if you invited me to join in, it no, would be a first. Not you. Um, <laughs> you can text us, um, 81400, using the word Newark, then a space, and then your message. <laughs> you can go onto our Facebook page, Radio Newark, and you can send us a message on there. Just Please keep them clean. And you can tweet us <laughs> at Radio Newark UK. Um, because what we're going to do for the rest of this evening, apart from when um, Not Fast Dave and Megan joins us, is talk about some of the big stories in the news. And if you've got an opinion, pass the opinion on. And if it's half clean, <laughs> and I agree with it, I might even read yeah. it out. And not direct it straight at us. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, taking um, taking that risk into our own hands, um, tonight's subjects include Newport County, Ooh. West Ham against Liverpool. Oh, I'm going. I'll get my coat. Rugby injuries, and Joe Root. And in between all that, the Wednesday Winge is American Team Sports. Oh. And if I don't manage to upset somebody between now and eight o'clock... But that I've fits in very well with my show and tell. Yes, Tony's brought a newspaper. Mm. It's the first time in his life he's had a newspaper that's not got chip stains on them. <laughs> but he has brought a newspaper. <laughs> and let's start with a good news story, because I really enjoyed this, this one. And it's been talked about all day, I know it has, but... Um, Newport played Middlesbrough last night, didn't they, in the, in the <laughs> FA Cup replay... And they beat Middlesbrough. I mean, that is a fantastic achievement yes. in itself. But as the teams were celebrating the stunning FA Cup win, goalkeeper Joe Day was sprinting down the tunnel <laughs> yes. after he and his wife had gone into <laughs> labour. Now, the story, I think, is brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. Um, just take it back a little bit. Day missed the first tie at the Riverside Stadium on January the 26th because of the possibility of wife Lizzie going into labour. He obviously decided one match is enough to miss because he wasn't going to miss a second. <laughs> Fast forward ten days and Mrs Day no, um, seemingly no closer to giving birth to the Twins. Yeah. Um, the goalkeeper decided that um, he wasn't going to miss this game against Middlesbrough so he um, was recalled to the side and he played. <laughs> so manager Michael Finn says the keeper wanted to focus on the game so he turned his phone off. Apparently he is still married. Only to get the news immediately on full time when he turned it back on again that the wife had indeed gone into labour and the twin girls had already been born. Can I leave please, Gaffer, he said straight after the game. He sprinted off the pitch and it's the quickest I've ever seen him move. <laughs> I mean, that's a brilliant story, isn't it? And that, yeah, that's an FA Cup story. It is, but what would he have done if it had gone to extra time and penalties? Not turned his phone on. Um, if she'd had the children, another half an hour is not going to make any difference, is it? Come on, I mean, dearie me. 
He made the effort for the first game. <laughs> and she let him down badly. Well, that'd be the first tweet coming in. Well, the short blood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, apparently the lad that scored the goals is a lad called um, Robbie Wilmot. And he returned to Newport County in 2017 after being part of the side that had been promoted back into the Football League. <laughs> he then fell out of love with football, went to Ebsleet, Bishop Stortford, Chelmsford, quit the game completely and decided that stacking, stacking shelves at the local supermarket was less stressful and paid a lot more. But... Um, he actually got talked back into playing again, joined Newport, and from there on, of course, like all fairy stories, it ended up with him scoring a goal last night. Again, another wonderful FA Cup story. Yeah, yeah. It's just, um, <clears throat> it just throws them up time after time, doesn't it? It really does. But it's, it's just, um, it is a magical competition, if it's left alone to be that. And that's the problem. If they keep out of it, it is magic. For Newport, this FA Cup run started with a, vi- with a visit to Metropolitan Police. Not they've done anything wrong, that's who was <laughs> playing. And now, of course, in round five, Manchester City are visiting the stadium. The champions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Newport share the ground with Rugby Union's Pro 14 side, the Dragons, and Welsh Premiership outfit, Newport RFC. The Dragons? Is, is that yeah. a women's team? <laughs> you all could. I'll be another one coming through. Um, I'll be off. Yes, I think you ought. That means so far this season, that ground has had over 60 rugby and football matches played on it. So what will Pep and Sergio and <laughs> David and all those uh, posh people from um, <sighs> Manchester City make of it? Well, they've already had Pochettino, Claude Pillow, Thomas Christensen, and they've all been fantastic managers and they've all enjoyed it. Um, coming down there apparently but again i'm going back to the fa cup it ain't going to be a carpet it can't be uh, it's, either mean, gonna, it's either going to be a sand heap or a mud bath i went down to uh training after the show last night with my uh, beloved flow serve and we got back to see about the last two or three minutes and the pitch was shocking it was absolutely horrendous at Newport County. Oh, for you went at Lothians. Oh, no, no, no. That, that was that was very nice manicured falsehood. <laughs> but um, no, the, um, the, the 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 pitch at Newport was in a right old state. But but, um, but you know that's you know if you're as good a footballer as they are, you should be more than capable of just playing on a carpet. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean, when I used to go watching professional football, occasionally I had to go to the baseball ground. <laughs> how that can ever be passed as a football ground i i i really don't know i mean there's the wonderful story isn't there that even if it had been when it was raining for two consecutive days brian clough still lost it before the juventus match yeah yeah it's um that's that was that's that's quite a remarkable ground full stop never mind the, the playing surface wasn't it it was just oh it's <laughs> Blinking awful. <laughs> if you go from Derby to Burton on the train, you actually pass the old baseball ground. Yes, it, yeah. it's still standing, but um, it's uh, no. I just, um, <clears throat> I, I think, I think if you're good enough, you can play on anything, and you should have to play on it. The pitch, I, I, okay, I know it's great and the, the lovely and the flat and the green and there's pretty patterns rolled into them and all things like that but that's not real football no 
No, it's, uh, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled for Newport County because um, many, many years ago, <clears throat> Lucy used to choose the summer holidays and I used to choose where we went in December. And it was her choice to go somewhere hot, which I couldn't stand. And was, there was one year when it was my choice, I decided to take her on a tour of the football grounds of Wales. And Newport County... In those days, it was the worst football ground I've ever visited. I'm not sure if it's the same ground they play at these days, but um, certainly, um, judging by the pitch, it might well be. <laughs> Jurgen Klopp. Okay, he's enthusiastic, he smiles a lot, he makes jokes, and he's everybody's favourite uncle. We know all that. Mm. But if Mourinho and other managers of that ilk acted like Klopp, would, we be lo would it be the great loving that it is? Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp said last night's referee's performance was affected by an assistant referee's mistake for Sadio Mane's goal against West Ham. Mane's opening goal stood despite James Milner being offside in the build-up. Liverpool got a lucky goal. Both goals should have been disallowed. VAR would have sorted that out. Speaking to Sky Sports, the German added... As a human being, if I know I have made a big mistake in the first half, I don't want to open the gap anymore. Referees are obviously human beings, and I understand that. But I didn't I didn't join the game because I had no clue the goal was offside. What he was saying is he, he criticised them after the game when he saw it on t t TV. Yeah, the linesman made an horrendous mistake, and a mistake that the linesman of that standard should not be making. It's a mistake that a linesman of... Sunday morning makes because the worst place to see if anybody's offside is a foot in front of you and that's the mistake the linesman made because that's who we missed so Manuel Pellegrini uh, says that Liverpool counterpart Jorgen Klopp is used to winning with offside goals after the Hammers were rolled <laughs> to this one to this one all yeah, I mean there's two spins on on everything apparently um, Klopp's Borussia Dortmund beat Pellegrini's Malaga 3-2 in the 2013 Champions League quarterfinals courtesy of two injury time goals for the winner no less than four Dortmund players was offside <laughs> Klopp is used to winning with offside goals says Pellegrini <laughs> <laughs> he beat me against Malaga with a goal from seven metres offside. So he cannot complain about anything. So that's the other story, isn't it? He does everything comes round in, yeah. in football. But what I've been listening to for most of the day when I've had the opportunity um, is I heard an Everton fan this morning on a, another radio station, which is not quite as good as this one and does talk about sport. And he says... If we were, if we are one nil down to Manchester City tomorrow night, and get a penalty in the 90th minute, I want Jordan Pickford to come and take it and put the ball in Rosette. So there's one question to you: <laughs> Have you ever wanted a team you support to lose a match? Because Everton supporters was lining up this morning, saying we want to get beat tonight. <laughs> we want Manchester City to beat us. No, I haven't. I've, I've, I've never um, I've, the football teams that I support. You've no need to well, wish, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You need to wish ill on them. <laughs> <laughs> My beloved Berwick Rangers had a fantastic result on Saturday. I just love this time of year because it's when we always go on, on our unbeaten run. We had another postponement. It was brilliant. <laughs> but uh, no, no. I, uh, 
interestingly, yesterday I I, I, I spent lunch with a, a great, great, great friend of mine that uh, Newark Sport will know well because he's been a great servant. That's a guy called Simon Cobb, who I worked with for many years at the Advertiser. And he was talking as a lifelong Manchester United fan, because uh, he comes from Newark, and uh, he was saying, you know, it's a real quandary. Who does he want to win the title? Liverpool, who Manchester United hate, or Manchester City? And he said, he dislikes Liverpool so much, he actually wants Man City to win it. <laughs> well, you see, with risk of getting into trouble, so I'm not taking this very far... <laughs> You're not allowed to hate Liverpool in football. No. No, it's, um, that's probably about as far as we can take it, Mick. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at, you know, we'll, let's leave it at that. Yeah. I heard something the other week, the fanatical Liverpool support, and how fanatical it was when Man City visited me in the Champions League. They smashed the bus up! <laughs> Any other club yeah. would have been chucked out of Europe! I also heard that on TalkSport myself when it was said, and I think the person who said it was being a bit sort of ignorant because they, they must have forgotten what actually happened when the Manchester City nice. bus went through the streets of Liverpool. All I hope is the best team win tonight. I happen to think that Liverpool are bottling it. The nerves have got to them. I it could have been nine <clears throat> points. I, 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 I put my... Um, Foot forward and predicted West Ham United nil, Liverpool three, and and as we know, surprisingly with my tips, it didn't quite work out. But um, tonight, Everton won, Manchester City four. This, by the way, is the same man that keeps telling us Scotland are going to finish rug up, uh, and run us up in in, in the Six Nations. Run, run us up to Ireland, yes. Uh, yeah, okay. But this one, I'll probably I'll probably go. Wales third, England fourth. <sighs> I'm speechless. Well, we did say we'll have a, a sense and sensibility w would return a couple of times tonight. So the first time sense and sensibility has um, has arrived, and it's um, it's Dave. It's not fast, Dave. Of course, it's Wednesday night, and a busy weekend for the um, for the team in yellow, and a cold weekend. So, uh, Dave, I'm going to say good evening and welcome, and leave it all to you. Thanks, Mick. Um, yes, yeah, so it has been a very cold one uh, the last weekend. Uh, so on Saturday morning, we had 19 of our club members over three different park runs. And then on Saturday, the remaining club members, um, 20 in fact, took on the Rawsby Ripper in Lincolnshire. That's a nine-ish mile multi-terrain run with lots of snow and lots of sunshine. Now, there's because there's 20 people, I'm not going to go through all the results, but some key mentions are Jeremy Reichelt and Annette Taylor, who both came second in their age category. Um, I'm not going to say what their age category is, though, because they'll hate me for it. Um, and then also getting course PBs, uh, we've got Breeze Rollins, Angela Brown, Annette Taylor, Faye Patterson, and, yep, they've all got the course PBs. Now, uh, Leon Leong was in Hong Kong, uh, rhymes a little bit, um, for the Shatin Festival Lunar New Year 10K, um, completing in 1 hour 7.03. And then coming on Sunday, so we had 31 members, 
uh, taking part in a third of the East Midlands cross-country race. I was up in uh, Colic Woods for a very frosty and very hilly run. There was one lap for the ladies, which is approximately 4.5 kilometres, and two for the gents, which is about uh, just over 8 kilometres. I'll say there was 31 members there, so I'm not going to go through all the results. But it was it was a fun race, Mick. It's one of the few races that I both love and hate to do. It's a very technical, very hilly, very challenging course, um, which pretty much I walked around most of it. In all honesty. So I've got Tony. I've got Tony waving him in 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 in, in, in one eye. How can you love and hate it? So, it's a challenge. It's, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Colic Woods, but it's um, very steep. Now, I'm a road runner. Um, ah, so I see. I prefer to run on road where it's relatively nice and flat. This is far from road. It's um, a very steep gradient, the steps that go up a, a hillside. Uh, and when you're running with a bunch of cross-country runners, when you think you're a good road runner... You're probably a poor cross-country runner. I know I am. So I'm good running on road, but when it comes to cross-country, I just I just can't do it. Uh, but each year, it's um, a bit of a challenge to try and beat the previous year, um, even if it's by a few minutes or so. It's just I need to get the legs working on the hills a bit more. <laughs> well, I mean, Adam Holden don't like hills either, so you're in good company. <laughs> I am indeed. I am indeed. Um, our, our, our friend over in... Um china and uh, and now hong kong it's gonna be a bit of a come down for him when he sort of gets back here and has to run at long bennington in in, in the summer i don't know if he when he's coming back oh, right he's gonna, he's gonna time it well so he get, gets uh gets nice weather um i think he's out there for seeing family for quite a period of time i don't um i don't actually know the reason why but um yeah we get the reports from him regular get the photos from him regular as well he's enjoying it and and you've got an international Indeed, indeed we have. <laughs> uh, everybody tells me it's um, going from the sublime to the ridiculous after last week when there was that many running the events on nobody know which way to turn next to this week when there's very little. Um, I don't know of any this weekend other than Parkrun. I'm doing a race at um, Woolerton Hall. You've got the winter warmer um, 10K. But I had a look at the entry list for the... Um, for the uh, winter warmer at Walton, and there's no one from Newark. There's no Striders, there's no Newark AC. It's only me from Notfast, so it's, um, yeah, it'll be quite, I'll have a bit of peace and quiet, maybe. <laughs> this is going to test you all then next week for your reports. Indeed, it is. It's going to be uh, a, a one liner. <laughs> oh, dear, no, I'm allocating 10 minutes to it. <laughs> Brilliant. Can't wait. I'll try and fill it out. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks, Dave. Lovely. Talk, Thanks, to, Mick. talk to you next week. Cheers. Bye bye. <laughs> it don't matter if they're not running. They've still got a running report to do. Oh, yeah. They've still got a running report to do. Um, there's been one or two comments flying around today that I, I've picked up, and I see Ian Lamb has, has been on, and uh, he um, he's helped the job out a little bit here. Um, somebody found on social media found a copy of the of the British Railways book oh yeah you know the book that you've got a copy mm. of and um ian has reminded everybody it was actually written by our guest of the other week george good george good now i don't know if there is any available copies still around or not craig roach was one of the people that was wanting right, to yeah. his dad yeah. used to play yeah um for them but 
um, I'll get Tony or Andrew Iron to have a see George Good to see if there is any copies out there. But thanks, Lammy, um, for bringing it back to our attention. Um, it's a cracking book. I've borrowed Tony's and, and, and read it. It is an absolute cracking book. And if there are any spare copies down there, I will make a note on the end and message and tell and tell everybody because uh it's new at sporting gold really isn't it Tony? yeah i mean uh, george wrote the book about um his uh memories and wonderful times with british rail football club and um i was very honored when he asked me to write the foreword for the book many thousands of years ago and so um i did so and it, it is uh, it, it was a cracking read and um you know again um there's a a thing on Facebook currently uh, proving very, very popular about the old history of Newark, uh, Memories of Newark or whatever it's called, and it is a tremendous thing to look at because, I mean, I've only been here 33 years, but um, I, I, I can recognise some of the ancient sort of photos that are on there and, and, and the characters that, that are on those photos. And it's, it's 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 a great thing for Newark for, for for people to see. So we're we're obviously going to try and keep a an abreast on that one because it yeah. it is an absolutely wonderful book. I'm not sure if there are any uh, copies. I think it's sold out at the time, uh, but I'm sure there are plenty of copies around that people can uh, can lend to one another. Okay, um, coming up in just a minute is um, me whinging on about all things american and i don't think wolves are included in it although we can probably join that in as well but before all that just a quick reminder that you can text us on 814 newark space and then the message um facebook simply go onto our facebook page and to send us a message or tweet us at radio newark uk um, join in. You might want to after the next um, after the next little bit of uh, whinging and whining. Don't forget also all our shows are podcasts. There's 330 podcasts at the last stage on our website, going right back from the the very very early days up until um, last week actually. So um, if you want to remember what was said all that time ago, Radio Newark website page. Go into the menu, find the podcast, find a wonderful new picture of Tony and myself that's appeared on there. And just um, follow the instructions. This is Radio Newark Sport. That's assuming that you can ever get um, past past the said picture that Tony hasn't seen yet. And I must, uh, at some <laughs> stage, at, at, at some stage... Um, I, I will show Tony this. Um, if, it, if, if you can't sit here in dread, I am doing so. This picture of a very young-looking me and a very old-looking Tony. <laughs> right, American sport. Why do I not like American sport? Or why do I not like American team sport? In many ways, the Americans and Europeans do the same things. We have the same interests, have similar lifestyles, even though they can't talk properly. <laughs> but in, in team sports, America and Europe are two completely different continents. Europeans play football, and the Americans play football, but it's nowhere near the same game. American football is played by men wearing helmets and protective clothing. Ball's not even the right shape. Americans have another popular outdoor game too. It's called baseball. 
Classic American game? No. It's actually rounders. And we've played rounders in schools from before they even invented America. So that's not their game either. In today's international lifestyle, the American model is yet to spread to other countries of the world. That's probably because it's rubbish. <laughs> American sports, however, have not spread, thankfully. On the contrary, European sports have been more successful internationally. Indeed, European football is slowly developing in the USA, even though, for some inexplicable reason, they call it soccer. In motor racing, too, though it's not really a team sport, the USA is different. In Europe, South America and Japan and other countries, including Canada, motor racing means Formula One. You can argue if that's a sport. I'll probably do that one week. In America, it's IndyCar racing. Besides these big sports, America, of course, has basketball, perhaps the most su- successful export, invented at the Springfield College in Massachusetts back in 1891, just to prove I do my own work. Basketball is quite certain an American game, although it's not as big in Europe as it is in the States. Basketball has become popular in more con- more countries than any other American team sport. So, Mr Smith, with the Yanks um, never liked to be second best, so they have uh, reinvented the wheel in all, in all these sports I've mentioned, but there's one thing I will never, ever understand, and that's something that happened at the weekend that they call the Super Bowl. It took me years to understand. I couldn't understand why sport was called Soup Bowl, but apparently Super Bowl... And why does the boredom last so long? I've got the game consisting of four 12-minute quarters, and by some ridiculous format, um, it lasts about four hours, including a 30-minute half-time show. Somebody has tweeted me, our very good friend John Marshall, the NFL's popularity is all the more remarkable when you in when you inspect the fear that has been on each week on television. An average professional football game lasts 3 hours and 12 minutes. But if you tally up where the ball is actually in play, the action amounts to a mere 11 minutes. So who on earth would watch the Super Bowl? And more to the point, Tony, what the hell is the Super Bowl? Um, well, it's, it's an acquired taste, really. I mean, we... Um we tried to introduce American football into Newark many, many years ago when a bunch of Mansfield lads collared Devon Park and got together and, and formed... I think they were called Newark Cougars, uh, as memory serves me right. But um, I went along to uh, report on a match as a young reporter in the town and I didn't have a clue what was going on. And so it was, it was all the rage on Channel 4 at the time, and so I asked my auntie in Bradford if she would go to the local American football shop and buy me a shirt. And she said, which one? I said, I don't know, just get the one which you like with the prettiest colour, and, and I'll have that one for my birthday. And fortunately she bought me San Francisco 49ers, who then went on a period of great success. Uh, so it's always great to follow the, um, you know, successful teams. But what is the Super Bowl? What do they do? Well... Is it football? Is it rugby? Is it hockey? What is it? I've never, ever seen it. Well, it's, it's basically, uh, the world final, even though it's only contested by American teams. Yeah, you see, that that's my first point. Only the Americans could have a world final of a sport that's not played out their own country. Well, in fairness to them, they also play baseball in the World Series, where there's only American teams play in it. Rounders. But, but, yeah, rounders, rounders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor man's rounders. Yeah. But, um, 
But the Super Bowl, I've tried to get involved in, uh, and uh, I actually went to a Super Bowl party. There were two of us, me and a guy called Scott Clinton. <laughs> and um, we got some food in. We went shopping at Asda. Other supermarkets are available. And we went, went shopping at Asda, and, and we got some food in, and he made a meal. And um, we went out and drank our own body weight in lager first, and then had this meal, and promptly fell asleep two minutes before kickoff. And uh, we woke up at four in the morning, by which time there's only seven hours of the coverage left. I, I just, I'm sorry, I can't understand. It's on my list of non-sports. Yeah. When, when we start our regular weekly chats in, in March, we, we will have this list of non-sports, which includes Formula One, darts, no, horse racing. No, you, you, you can't do darts. No. Okay, you 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 proved to me one night why darts is a sport. That that could be very dangerous. <laughs> We've not got a lot of room in here, have we? <laughs> you 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 convinced me that you convinced me that dart, darts is a sport because you haven't convinced me that the Super Bowl is. No, no, I don't, because I don't really think it is. You know, it's it's just um... they're not very good at team sports. Look at the Ryder Cup. The only good thing about the Super Bowl is you get to drink Budweiser. Okay. And now I've given up drinking. There is nothing good so about nothing Super Bowl left. Right. They're not, the Ryder Cup says it all about the Yanks, don't it? Hmm. You've got 12 golfers, nine of which are probably the top nine in the world, and they can't even talk to each other for three days. No. So they don't do team sport. They can't. They're rubbish. Individually, they've had some fantastic sports people. I've, I've been to... Team-wise, they're rubbish. I've been to a lot of countries in the world, and I've got on very well with the locals, including a remarkable trip to Kenya, where I met some absolutely brilliant people. But I've never had any desire to go to America, because from what I've seen of them, they're all a bit like Donald Trump. I think it was David Attenborough did in Kenya, then. And anybody who voted Donald Trump in probably deserves to live in a country like that. And watch the Super Bowl. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I think we both agreed on this. Yeah, this, this yeah. one. American sports should actually stay over there. We do not need to import them over no. over over, um, over here. Um, we really do not. We really do not want. But having said all that, and moving on to my um, next sheet of paper, which I can't find, um, Mario Toji, the Eng um, England forward, will miss the Six Nations matches against France and Wales with a knee injury. The um, Saracens player suffered a medial um, ligament damage during England's fantastic 32 points to 20 win over Ireland in Dublin, which Tony Smith and Rob Wardman said would not happen, but did. But what's been said again today, Tony, interestingly, is... The game must protect players from themselves in an era of car crash collisions. Mm. And this is coming from the former Scotland captain, Kelly Brown. Um, we've already said, Moji Toji's at Ireland's JC Standard, Sam Skinner of Scotland, are among those sidelines this weekend by injuries sustained in the opening round of the Six Nations. Matches every tackle, carry and breakdown is almost a car crash. Both men smashing into each other, the sheer force can never be doubted um they're talking about tougher sanctions for high tackles but they're also talking should they wear should rugby players start wearing protective clothing like american players in their silly game 
no. Because um, the collisions in rugby union and, and rugby league for that matter in the proper rugby game um, just, the, the collisions are horrendous absolutely horrendous but if they start wearing padding and you know sort of helmets and stuff like that then it just becomes like football non-contact sport it's ridiculous Wales back row Ross Moliarty says um, it's just gone soft hasn't it <laughs> yeah I mean it's just that you know, the part of uh, the 90% of rugby is all about the physicality of it. Smashing into somebody and then having a few beers together in a bar afterwards. And, you know, that's that's rugby. That's what it's about. But... Nobody knows the laws, they just crack on. Didn't, you know, it's... I watched... I didn't see much of the England-Ireland game because I, I was I was out um, working for this beloved radio station. But I, I did watch quite a bit of the Wales-France game. and <laughs> Some of what you'd call... Collisions. I, I, I go back. I, I watched um, part of the Newark Rugby Club fundraising season. Um, Newark first team played. I'm not sure if it was an RAF team or it was a select team, wasn't that they got together of, of ex internationals yeah, and yeah. and whatever. And to hear <clears throat> the likes of Alan Swain and Richard Staniforth on the sidelines going, oh. <laughs> oh, and that was only a, and that was to put it bluntly 40 odd year old men <laughs> yeah um and that got our esteemed friends from the rugby club sort of win you know wincing what it must be like when two sets of international players yeah. in the prime yeah, come it's... against each other there was one i did see in the england game and he never got pulled up for it it was both teams wanted to kick the the ball high, didn't didn't they? And, yeah, and, yeah. and I mean, Rob's explained that you know, I'd have, I'd have had it explained the rules to me, but there was jumping into somebody, and there wasn't looking who there was jumping into, and that is one hell of a force. Yeah, it's um, rugby uh, league aficionados call the uh, union game kick and clap, and uh, you know there's a heck of a lot of kicking in rugby union, and uh, it's, um, it's 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 not. But doesn't that spread the game out better? If Newark are playing, or if Scotland are playing, I love watching them. But otherwise, I'm more of a rugby league man, I'm afraid. You get stuff like passing in it, it's great. Yeah, but you only had to pass six times before you have to give the ball to the opposition, no, aren't you? Ta- yeah? that's tackles. Oh, right, OK. <laughs> well, I don't understand. And where, where do the whippets and the cloth caps come into it all? Just uh, tradition. <laughs> We're running out of time. It's like the burning of Midlands at half-time. Is it? <laughs> is it in any way, shape, or form the same sport? No. Yet they're both called rugby. Both called rugby, but uh, there's very little similarity. And which is the toughest? They're both as tough as each other. Oh, God. Rob Wardman fences no, has, has come back are, into, they, into they, the they, studio. They, they are both frighteningly tough. Damn sight tougher than American football. But they've got all the padding and helmets and all the rest of it. But uh, that's the difference between uh, men and a very strange nation, isn't it? While we're yes. on the subject of alienating ourselves from several parts of the world, can't stand the French either. It was lovely to see them do what they did against Wales. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's upsetting America, so we may as well start on the French. <laughs> what have the French done to you? I've been there, it's horrible. They're just, they're just not very nice people. 
I know that's a generalisation, but it's well deserved. I wonder how a team can implode that much in one <laughs> in, in, in in one interval. Well, it's like we said on Monday night. I really do. I mean, the the catchphrase in press boxes around the Six Nations is, "You never know what side is going to. You never know what French side is. Gonna, you never know which France is going to turn up." Well, both of them did on. Mo- Friday well, night. I mean, you know, th- that's per game. I mean, that was per half on Friday night. It was unbelievable it was how, how how good they were in the first half. And, and then, you know... Anyway, one of our boys went over to America on Friday and smashed it. Oh, yes. And I'm that, glad. with a little bit of luck, is what we're going to hear all about next. You see, it always happens. I'm talking to our very favouritish guest off, off air... Not looking at the ad breaks, and you lot's listening to absolutely nothing, but now you can listen to something that's very, very important, because joining us for the first time this year, and believe it or not, Tuesday night, Caesar joining us for the second time this year, the one and only Megan Williams. That silence was the best bit of the show so far, Megs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Megan, two subjects for you tonight. First of all, um, we said last week that it was... Very, very important that um, Bailey <laughs> Subden came back from America with yeah. a victory. He'd been had a couple of defeats, and yeah, all, but, you know, taking on people that was higher up the rankings than what he is. Yeah, a lot. But it was time that he come back with a victory for his own sake and for everybody else's sake who believe in Bailey. And... Uh, from what I understand, a fantastic performance and the victory, but you can tell us all about it. Yeah, Bailey on Friday night was incredible. It's the best I've ever seen Bailey perform, by far. He, if anyone's ever seen Bailey fight, he likes to have a scrap, he likes to have a good fight, a tough fight, but he made it look easy. He didn't have a scrap, he didn't get tangled, he didn't get unorganised, everything was perfect. Everything that he was throwing, he meant to hit him with, and he did. And if anyone's like on social media, you would have been seeing Bailey throw jumping, spinning kicks all over, and he was incredible. He's, it reminded me back when Chad was fighting, when he was kickboxing, because every time Chad fought, it was everything was technical. He was so good at the basics, and the basics is what won in the fight. And on Friday night, that's what happened with Bailey. Spot on. It, um, as, I, as I say, is he back in um, in the gym? Yeah, he's been back in the gym this morning. I think he was in this morning doing PTs, and um, he's been in tonight teaching the kids. So <laughs> Brilliant. We we, um, we 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 said last we said earlier on this week, Megan, that um, his trip this week consisted of glory in Houston, Texas, and then yeah. glory at Farndon Village Hall. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not a it's not about eight days for him and the reason i mentioned Farndon village all is because that's the next big event for newark amateur boxing club that you're going to be there we're going to be there on friday night and it's yeah. where you your club showcase the young boxing talent of newark yeah so friday night there's still tickets available at Farndon village hall we've got our fourth home show ever to be put on by Newark Amateur Boxing Club. It's the first one this year, so... And on this show, we've actually got a title fight between Michael Lindsay and Mikey. He's 
one of Dean's fighters. I've known him since forever being at my gym. Like, here, he's he's always been, like, massive. Like, he's always been strong. And I've seen him fight loads of times. He's gone from kickboxing to boxing. He'll do anything to have a fight. So, on Friday, he's the main event, and he's going to put on a show. He's never fought on one of the home shows before, but it's going to be incredible. I can... Everyone has been training so hard for this this show, this fight, and I can just see it be, being one of the best shows we've put on. If I know I'm not on it, so it can't be that it's good. It can't be the <laughs> best, no, 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 you're right there, yeah. Well, 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 despite that, we're still coming. But you will be there, I assume, yeah. orchestrating, organising. Yeah. Yes. You know, I've got to um, put my foot down and show out the boys how it's run and stuff. But I'm going to be there, you're going to be there, so... And Tony's coming nice. along as well. Yeah, Tony. Did you, have you ever been to the show, Tony? Uh, no. But, oh, but, you'll be in for a treat then. Well, you know the difference between Farndon and uh, America? Well, <laughs> What's that? Uh, they, we're, we're allowed into Farndon. <laughs> 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 he hasn't got past Karen on the, on the door yet, has he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, fi- final comment, Megan. Um, well, two final comments. One, if you want to pay on the door on Friday night, can you? Yeah, so it's £15 for adults and and £10 for kids. And it, it really is... I'm going to have a quick chat with Tony in a minute about it. It really is an absolute cracking night. And finally, 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 what did bad boy Bailey Sugden do to his opponent last Friday night? He... Smashed it! Good girl! <laughs> See you Friday, mates! I got it! You got it! <laughs> See you Friday! See you later! Bye-bye! See you, mate. Bye! The wonderful <laughs> and the one and only <laughs> Megan Williams. You are in for a treat. And if anybody does want to come and see some junior, kiddies, amateur, boxing, you will see tears. <laughs> you will see joy. That's just us. You'll probably see Dean falling out with somebody. <laughs> you'll see Megan running around all over the place. <laughs> oh, but what you will see is names that you know kids that you know and mums and dads going through every emotion possible in 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 the audience as these kids some of them get into the ring for the first time ever yeah megan was asking me if i'd uh, been to uh, one of the shows before um i, I didn't realize at the time that she probably meant one of uh, dean sugden's productions before because I've been going to those since before Megan was born. <laughs> you have, yes. But uh, I've, I've, I've never been to uh, Foundon Village Hall, uh, apart from for uh, a bun fight for uh, Foundon Bowls Club, because um, I was invited by the lovely and sadly late Isabel Lee, the Foundon Bowls Club president, as an advertiser reporter to Foundon Bowls Club's 25th anniversary celebrations. And I went along and... Uh, because I was there, they got me involved in what's called a roll-up, where you uh, sort of have, have a go at the game. And afterwards, in, in, in the village hall, she came up to me where I was sat having a cup of tea and a piece of cake with somebody. And uh, she said to me, did you enjoy that uh, bowls experience, Tony? I said, yes, I did. And she said, which rink were you on? I said, three, four and five. <laughs> but it's, um, I, I, on the strength of that, I joined Found and Bowls Club for three years and had a wonderful time there. But I've, I can't imagine... The place with a boxing ring in it and the, and the boxing atmosphere. But you've been before, haven't you? And, uh, I've, I've been to tournaments, and yeah, I, 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 I'll openly admit I am not a boxing fan. 
I, I, I'm, it doesn't sit easy with me, youngsters boxing. It certainly doesn't <laughs> sit easy with me, young girls boxing. Um, but take that aside. The effort you see from them. And I know you've been to World Championship boxing matches and you ain't going to see that. But the effort... I've been to kids' matches as well. ...that you see from them to, on Friday night. And the emotion... And the excitement, to me, is is what local sport is. Why I do it, you well, know. Uh, people say, "Why do you run around like an idiot? Why do you tie yourself out doing this, that, and 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 and, and, and you know, and and the other?" These guys and girls, boys and girls, men and women, they're from Newark, from the Newark area, uh. and they are doing their best. They'll probably never be world beaters. But, God, they are doing their best at their chosen sport. La la last night, that young man that was in here, Harrison... <laughs> young? He he's 11. <laughs> yeah, you won't think so. More like... 11 going on 30. Yeah. Um, <laughs> his chosen sport was what I would say is a girl's sport. Yeah. He sat down and stated his case last night. He, he, he spoke remarkably. You know, and he deserves all the support that I, we can give him, that any social media site around here can give him. I, I, I hope the family are listening, because he was a credit to his mum and dad, and his mum and dad were a credit to him as well. It was a lovely evening, that was. You know, yeah. really, really. And, uh, and, and, and Miss Fell, or Amy as we know her, Miss Fell, I thought. <laughs> She's all loved up now, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, bless her. Yeah, I, I, I won't get her back in the studio now. <laughs> she, she, she won't have time to come and see us now. But, but I mean, she must have been so proud as oh, well. Oh, she's got to be, and, what, what, and, and, what, and she is. What a great kid. She's, but it doesn't matter nowadays, does it, boy? You know, play the sport you want to play. Our first guest this, this year was a fisherman, and he was 13. <laughs> you know. A, fi a, fisher, a fisher boy. Fisher boy. <laughs> he, he was on the little issue with, yes. But, you know, he, uh, that's why you love doing it. Yeah, but going back to... And talking to Megan. Yeah. If you talk about enthusiasm oh, for yeah, the sport that yeah. she loves. I mean, I mean, you always, when we have people on the show... You're always going on, oh, you're my favourite now. You're my... And every single night, it's you're my favourite. But Megan is my ne favourite. Never said that Megan, once. Megan is my 100% favourite because she is just... Uh, she's just... She actually lives her sport, doesn't it? It comes out of every pore in her skin. She's absolutely fantastic. I just sport. want to do one more national one before we go because the um, West Indies cricket president has it out at the crippling decision to ban captain jason holder for the third test he's been given a one match ban we talked about it a bit the other night he's been given a one match <laughs> ban for his slides his sides slow overrate in the second test that they won with two and a half days to spare by the way and this is the greatest moment in probably the last 20 years of west indies cricket and um, some stupid rule is making the captain miss that great match. You know, I, I just cannot understand it, but the thing that has caught my eye amongst everything in this is the West Indies president's name is David Cameron. I wonder, <laughs> I wondered where he'd gone. But... Oh, I suppose we Brexit, not banning players. Just to wrap up the entire theme of the show quite neatly, until they played England, 
West Indies were rubbish at cricket. But now they're not. And do you know why they got rubbish? Because of American basketball being played by the kids in the West Indies and not cricket. That's right. Why, that's why they turned from the best in the world to only 15 registered professionals signed on when uh, Richard Pyram went over there and basically the West Indies have turned that around from being ruined by the kids playing basketball instead of cricket into the team that is now battering the England Test team. And I think you said the other night... OK, you don't like seeing them being beaten. No. But West Indies should, should but, be a force in cricket. But with the wind is back, the fire is back in Babylon. Well, that's an interesting one to finish with. <laughs> <laughs> Thought it was a river in Babylon, wasn't it? No, that's, that's that old West Indian phrase. <laughs> oh, you like the West Indies, do you? A phrase about West Indian cricket, I should say. Right, OK. Right, tomorrow night... Um, we're going back to um, youngster watch, if you like, and uh, a young man called Freddie Polak. I'll probably get that pronunciation for his surname right tomorrow. And he is another 11, 12 year old, and he is actually the British champion at short speed skating. He lives in Blease Bay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know they've got a pond in Blease Bay, it gets yeah. cold, but. Well, it's a long one. You know, where do you find a British champion speed skate speed <laughs> speed skate it's gonna be a long night tomorrow <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll bring him up yeah and, uh, <laughs> and he's at please me but again yeah what, what a talent yeah. and he's just been all over your ra racing and he's got a he's got a big story to tell us huh? we've got to spend about 30 seconds looking back at last weekend's sport <laughs> And hopefully an awful lot longer looking at this weekend, because I've had a look at the weather forecast, Tony, and it looks like everything mm. should get played. Last night, Clifton All-Whites beat Shield Colliery 2-1 in the Central um, East Midlands League Cup that those serve are also in the quarterfinal of. So Clifton All-Whites are one of the teams in the semi-final. Radford are another team in the semi-final. So that's beginning to look tough. And tonight, Selston play Retford United in the Knotts Cup. And we would rather hope it's on a muddy pitch and we'd rather hope it goes to extra time and penalties. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and, and hopefully uh, hopefully, 10 uh, Selston players are out for the season as a result. <laughs> but that's why me and you are so good. We're not biased in any way, shape or form. <laughs> well, I'm not wearing a Selston tracksuit top. No, exactly. And on that note... <laughs> It's time to say goodnight, and we'll leave you in the more than capable hands of the wonderful Mr. Doug Hall. We are